This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray to the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. Okay, this is likely the most literal title to any podcast I've ever done. <laughs> this is how I do it. Yet it occurred to me that in over five years of writing a tin blog and doing this podcast, well, it's two years since I've done this podcast, but whatever, I've never had a piece about literally how I would start a botanical style aquarium from scratch. If I had a dollar for every time that I've been asked what my personal approach to this stuff is, well, you know, you get the idea. Anyway, now look, there are as many ways to start up the type of aquarium as, that we play with as there are aquarists, and I varied my techniques over the years. The focus here will simply be on my fave way to start a botanical style aquarium, an approach that, despite all of my experimental detours, I keep migrating back to again and again because it works for me. This is not the ultimate guide to starting a botanical style tank. The entire body of work on the tin is probably your guide or my life's work or whatever you want to call it. Rather, this is a little more concise bit on how I start most of my botanical style aquariums. Not the more specialized, you know, urban agapo approaches or brackish or any of the weird ideas that we toss around, uh, you know, over here. Just a good old fashioned botanical style aquarium. That kind of makes me laugh. Now we can go into insane detail on every aspect of my approach and likely we have in the past and will again in the future. But let's just keep it kind of concise and simple today. We'll start with some of the components of a botanical style tank and how I approach it. Now, sure, because it's what I use, I might drop some tannin branded products or mention various botanicals or leaves that we carry. And I know there's some people out there that every time I mention a product suddenly say, well, you're not, this isn't credible or whatever. No. Okay. Look, I'm giving you my experience. My experience happens to use products that I sell because they work for me. So anyway, of course you can collect your own stuff. You can purchase from another vendor or these guys on eBay or whoever. I mean, why would you want to do that? I mean, would you? I give you all these ideas and they get your business? How do you sleep at night? Okay, whatever. Anyway, let's get to it. First off, a word on aquariums. It, the whole thing starts with the type of tank you're using. Duh, right? I mean, you can use any size tank you want. Lately, because of the big home renovation I'm doing, I've been relegated to these nano size tanks, which are about 10 US gallons or less. And, you know, I, I work with them. They're not my favorite. Personally, I like 40 to 50 gallon tanks whenever possible or bigger. I like the size, the scale, and of course, the stability that they afford. But yeah, regardless of if you're starting with a two gallon tank or a 200 gallon tank, I'd recommend pretty much the same approach. Seriously. My approach starts with the bottom. Literally. Let's get to that. Let's talk about that today. Now, of course, you have many ways to go when selecting substrates these days. And the way I see it, you have four general choices. The first is what I call traditional sands. What are my go-tos? Traditional sand meaning the aquarium substrates that you buy at the, the local fish store or online or whatever. And what are my go-tos? Well, I have a few. A fine white silica, uh, which is beautiful and clean and very similar to exactly what is found in many parts of tropical South America and even in Asia. Uh, Carib Sea Sunset Gold or Carib Sea Crystal River. Two awesome, big shout out to Carib Sea. I love that brand. 
uh, two of which are great products, which mimic in a very accurate manner the look and texture of the substrates you see in many tropical aquatic ecosystems. They're clean, high quality, consistent, and they can be used in all sorts of tanks. They have no influence on pH, good stuff. I would certainly rinse these materials, you know, thoroughly per the manufacturer's recommendations. No mystery there, right? I mean, when you then you simply add whatever botanical materials you want to you know to use in your tank right on top of them. Easy. That's a simple way to start. Now, the other way is what I what I refer to as sedimented substrates. We've talked about this before, and yeah, that would be ours. Name drop time here. You know, like nature-based Igapo, Varzea, and the upcoming Mangal, and one of our Asian uh, formulations that's coming up soon too down the line. These are examples of substrates which have a lot of sediments and clays in their formulation. Now, these substrates realistically replicate the composition, function, and look of soils which are found in many tropical aquatic habitats. Now, in fact, most of our nature-based substrates have a significant percentage of clays and sediments in their formulation. These materials have typically been something that aquarists have avoided because they'll cloud the water for a while and impart a bit of a color. Like, that's a problem? I mean, it isn't, but we also have some botanical components in a few of our substrates because they're intended to be terrestrial substrates for a while before being flooded, at least some of them are. And when this stuff is first wetted, some of it's going to float. And that means you're going to be netting this stuff out or let your filter take it out or just wait for it to saturate and sink. You simply aren't going to have that issue with a bag of store-bought aquarium sand, but this isn't store-bought aquarium sand. You can mix this stuff with any of the above-mentioned, you know, commercially available sands, the ones that I just talked about that I, I love, or you can just use them alone. You can gradually add water, like we do in the urban agapo concept, and or simply fill your tank from day one. Expect significant cloudiness for several days as these materials, the clays and sediments, settle out, though, okay? Don't rinse these substrates. Just put them to work right away. Now, although you can and should play with these substrates wet from the start, because it's cool, I'd be remiss again if I just didn't remind you one more time that the Agapo and the Varzea substrates were initially intended to be sort of terrestrial for a period of time to get the grasses and plants growing and then inundated. And of course, I'll advise you once again that this is, you know, immediately inundating a sediment that's heavy in clays and, subs and sediments can result in cloudiness, just like in nature, and yes, it'll pass. So yeah, you'll have to make a mental shift to appreciate a different look and function, and many hobbyists simply can't handle that. We're being upfront with you on this stuff to ward off the I added nature base to my tank and it looks like a cloudy mess. This stuff is shit kind of emails that inevitably come when people don't read up first because they just go ahead and purchase the stuff. But you're not like that because you're listening to this podcast, right? Yeah. Okay. Next type of substrate is what I call fusion substrates. And this is a fun approach too. You mix crushed leaves, twigs, botanicals, used material from shade, substrato fino, fundo tropical, whatever, with sand or nature-based materials to create your own sort of dynamic botanical substrates. The possibilities here are endless. In my experience and in the reported experience from literally hundreds of aquarists who play with botanical materials breaking down in and on their aquarium substrates, undetectable nitrate and phosphate levels are typical for this kind of system. And I know that was the first question. People say, what is all this stuff breaking down in the substrate going to do? When combined with good overall husbandry, it makes for incredibly stable biological systems. I've been thinking further through refinements of this whole deep botanical bed substrate relationship. I've been spending a lot of time researching natural aquatic systems and contemplating how we can translate some of this stuff into our closed system aquaria. One of the most common questions we get about mixing stuff into the substrates, again, is doesn't harbor you know, dangerous hydrogen sulfide pockets when all this stuff breaks down? Yeah, the big boogeyman that we all seem to zero in on in our sum of all fair scenarios is hydrogen sulfide. 
which results from bacterial breakdown of organic matter in the total absence of oxygen. So let's think about this for just a second. In a botanical bed with materials placed on the substrate or loosely mixed into the top layers, will it pack down enough to the point where there is a complete lack of oxygen and we develop a significant amount of this reviled compounds in our tank? I think that we're more likely to see some oxygen in this layer of materials, and I can't help but speculate, and yeah, it is just speculation, that maybe even denitrification, nitrate reduction, which lowers nitrates by producing free nitrogen, might actually be able to occur in such a deep botanical bed. And it's certainly possible to have denitrification without dangerous hydrogen sulfide levels. As long as even very small amounts of oxygen and nitrates can penetrate into the substrate, this will not become an issue for most systems. In fact, I have yet to see a botanical-style aquarium where the material has become so compacted as to appear to have no circulation whatsoever within the bacterial layer, you know, layer and you get this huge um, you know, buildup of hydrogen sulfide. I've just never had it. Now, sure, I'm not a scientist, and I base this on close visual inspection of numerous aquariums and hundreds of aquariums over the years and, and the basic chemical tests I've run on my own systems under a variety of circumstances. As one who has made it a point to keep my botanical style aquariums in operation for very extended time frames, I think this is significant. The bad side effects that we're talking about right here should manifest over these longer time frames, and they just haven't. So yeah, I'm personally totally okay with this stuff. But that's just me. Everybody has their comfort zone, but this is about what I what I do. So I'm telling you. Final uh, the final uh, sort of type of substrate we're talking about here is perhaps the most exciting of all. It's what I call alternative substrates. This is the most fun approach. No sand or sedimented stuff for you, just a layer of leaves, twigs, crushed botanicals, seed pods, whatever. That's your whole substrate. This is perhaps one of the coolest approaches you can take. Over time, this stuff breaks down and becomes the perfect microhabitat for beneficial organisms like crustaceans, fungal growth, worms, etc., etc., etc. In other words, in a strictly aesthetic sense, the bottom itself becomes a big part of the whole aesthetic focus of the aquarium with the botanicals placed upon the substrate, or in some cases, becoming the substrate. These materials form an attractive, texturally varied microscape of their own, creating color, interest, and functions that we're just starting now to appreciate in the hobby. In fact, I dare say that one of the next frontiers of our little niche would be an aquarium which is just substrate materials without any vertical relief provided by wood or rocks. Now, I've executed a number of aquariums based on this idea, specifically with leaves, and have been extremely happy with their long-term performance. Oh, and they kind of look cool, too. Always remember, the substrate is not just a thing you toss in the bottom of your tank or strictly some decorative project, uh, product. excuse me. Rather, it's a habitat, a place where the extraordinary organisms which comprise the microbiome of our aquariums reside and multiply. Now, one thing that's unique about the botanical-style approach to aquariums is that we tend to accept the idea of decomposing materials accumulating in and among the substrates within our aquariums. We understand that botanical materials in the substrate act, to a certain extent, as fuel for the micro and macro fauna which reside in the aquarium, and they perform this function as long as they're present in the system. So yeah, in summary, the substrate plays a huge role in the function of botanical-style aquariums. We can create a facility with substrate materials which provides not only unique aesthetics, it provides priceless benefits. Production of supplemental nutrition for our fishes and nutrient processing itself via a self-generating population of creatures that complement, indeed create, biodiversity in our systems on a more or less continuous basis. True functional aesthetics. Consider that the next time you think of tossing some sand into your aquarium and calling it a day. Make those mental shifts. This is how I do it. 
Remember, the substrate you select is not just a decoration. It's part of a living, breathing biome, which provides incalculable benefits to the entire aquarium. And it's every bit as compelling as any other aspect of our hobby. The way, you know, when we look at it this way, we'll keep going with this periodic How Do I Do It series. I think we got this one under the belt, and I hope I didn't piss too many of you guys off, but I think it was good to get some of these ideas out there. There's a lot to cover, I think. In the meantime, stay creative, stay curious, stay thoughtful, stay innovative, stay observant, stay with me, and always stay wet. This is Scott Bellman. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.